How old were you when you realized you can just eat a whole bottle of toothpaste if you wanted to? Today? Like, when you were a kid, <laughs> when I swallowed toothpaste, I was like, someone call, like, the power plant. I'm going to die. Like, call a medical professional. But you can just eat it. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, or Baseball's Dirty Little Secret, and I forgot my other nickname. What was it? You are the Grotto of the Republic? Of Redemption. The I'm, Grotto I'm of host, Redemption. <laughs> your loyal host, the Grotto of Redemption, joined here, as always, by the birthplace of sliced bread, and sadly, producer Wilson, <laughs> he made it another week. He's alive. It's unfortunate, we know, but at least we have the birthplace of sliced bread and the grotto of redemption back at it for the what day is it feels like we're in mid-august dude whoa dude summer's almost over are you do you have the summer blues yet the summer blues you know at the end of summer blues where you're like we're never gonna see each other again this is our last light together and then everybody goes to college and like starts subtweeting each other do you have those blues yet i think you're grossly overestimating my ability to have friends that that could be true that could be true i did have a i have been the only way i can keep track of days passing by is by watching your hair and how mm. long it, we gotta address how long your hair is right now dude. let's address you, it it's a hot look but you got some you got some hair now yeah fair warning the haircut is coming before september i believe before so, school before we go back to school yes that's crazy uh so I'm going to – your birthday's coming up soon, by the way, guys. So it get is. excited for Jack's birthday. And turning I'm going to be – 34. Turning 3-4. I know. I'm not even 18 yet. This man's 34 years old, just having a day. But I'm mm-hmm. – when I leak the picture of you with short hair on the internet on your birthday, I don't – I think you're going to be surprised how many people have never seen you with short hair. Never. We started this probably halfway into my long hair growth journey. No, yep. before. We started this with short hair, but we didn't do video pods. Yeah, when we started doing video, you had, like, the baby mullet, where it's, like, it stuck out mm. just a little bit of your hair. It's kind of a little bit like mine, but a little bit shorter. You kind of had that yeah. hairstyle. When we started, like, filming skits, we did that. But when we started the video pod, I was basically full long hair. Oh, that's true. You've been long hair for a while. Yeah. I haven't done a haircut in two years. That is crazy, and it looks voluminous. Also, don't you not believe in shampoo? Isn't that you? Voluminous? That's great. Hey, that was a good adjective. Come on, give me it. I have a word of the day calendar. I'm going to be honest, and that might have been my word of the day. Is that okay? Let me squeak it in. I like it because it's that you just combined voluptuous and voluminous. Two good things into voluminous, so I'm down. Also, a good X-Man character. That is a good X-Man character. What is his power? Ooh, he can automatically decide, like, figure out if it's a um, a toaster strudel or a Pop-Tart. Wow. Okay, that's not that hard, if we're being honest. You can't decide what that is. Toaster strudels okay. are very so, different than Pop-Tarts. That's true. Maybe a, um, a ding-dong and a ring-ding. He can tell the difference instantly. Now, now we're talking, because those are basically yeah. twins. Ooh, quick question for you. Do you toast your Pop-Tarts? I'm, honestly, I used to be into Pop-Tarts, and I would eat them raw more than I would eat them heated eat up. Them raw. But I now, raw dog it. Now Pop-Tarts, I'm kind of out on. They, I they haven't leave, had like, a weird aftertaste, and they leave like a kind of guilt sickness in my tum-tum. Dude, it's been a minute since I've eaten a Pop-Tart. Like, we're talking a couple years now, and every time you eat a Pop-Tart, your tongue just got to put in work because it's stuck in your back of your gums, so you're just scraping for days, it's and you're rough. like, what's back yeah. here? I would also like to address the nation on a revelation I just had regarding – I'm just using all the biggest words I know. I know. It's because I use voluminous. Yeah. Now you're just jealous. I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up to voluminous. Um, there's no cool way to say – to refer to your stomach. Ooh. Okay, you're going to have to like, expand on this. My belly hurts. I have a belly ache. Like, oh, and I have a tum-tum oofy. Like, the word like, stomach's uh, kind of gross. I got a rumbly tumbly. Like you can say all those things, but people, <laughs> people then think you're five. But also, like, like I'm having stomach issues. That sounds like you're gonna die in that, six to yeah. nine months. 
It could be. I could die in six to nine months. Who knows? True. I do have stomach issues all the time. So that is a great point, actually. What is your go-to? I think I go. I think I try to be funny with it. And I'm like, oh, my belly hurts. I think that's where I'll go. <laughs> oh, my belly hurts. <laughs> like, really, they're all I got bad. A, I got a belly ache. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a belly ache? That's what like five-year-olds say. But also like 65-year-old men will be like, oh, I got a rumbly tumbly. So 65-year-old men are interesting people in general. But, like, I'll be like, oh, no, I had Chick-fil-A. The belly's aching right now. That's kind of the way to go. I love some Chick-fil-A. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a minute. We have a big announcement to make, Jack. We buried the lead. What are we We doing, guys? Yes, we have a big announcement. Can I get a proverbial drum roll, please? I would do it, but I'm afraid to shake my microphone proverbial i'm killing it with these big words absolutely yo you want to play words with friends with me i'll ruin your day but the big announcement thank you i do love i am a mom to be honest but stop distracting me i bought my first pumpkin spice iced coffee at a season today but stop distracting me we got ice has a patreon guys we got a patreon what no way what's a patreon you ask if you guys are listening to this podcast that means you enjoy a good podcast you enjoy me and jack you enjoy baseball so how about we give you even more jack how would you like an extra episode every single week of the we got ice podcast exclusive episode that's right patreon exclusive episode every single week you'll get behind the scenes look at what me and jack do when we're making videos when we're not doing podcasts or just another episode of the podcast baseball stuff we didn't get to it's your episode whatever you guys want us to talk about we'll talk about doesn't matter if you want us to talk about is the moon landing fake or whether brock holt could potentially win the cy young in 2027 it's your episode, guys. You will also, when you sign up for the Patreon, receive a shout-out on the beginning of the podcast right before our banter, Jack. They get first priority. How does that sound? That sounds amazing. And we just launched it, but let's start it. Let's shout-out us, because we are our only patrons so far. So you could be the first. You could also be the 400th, but they're going to sell out. Oh, that is Get true. You Selling out of Patreon spots. Didn't know that was possible. But you guys will receive a shout out on the beginning of every single We Are Dice podcast whenever you sign up to the Patreon. You will also receive access to an exclusive We Got Ice Discord channel. What? Where every single day you'll have the ability to talk baseball with me and Jack. Talk baseball with each other, fellow patrons. Share memes. Share live updates during big moments. Maybe if there's like bottom of the ninth, two out, Red Sox, Yankees. Me and Jack aren't live. We'll just start a voice call in a Discord channel. Just get in. Get some reactions from everybody. It's a better way of you guys to communicate with us. So we can talk one-on-one with you. You guys can give us questions for the show. You guys can give us recommendations for our social media stuff, our TikTok ideas. And yeah, just as you said, the best way to keep in touch with us, maybe we'll schedule some Q&As in the future when you guys will just be more connected than ever if you are a super fan of the show and we appreciate you. You're a super fan of the show. Maybe we can even work something out where like if you guys got a bunch of questions, we could do like a Zoom call and everyone can hop in and we could do a fun conversation about baseball. And lastly, but not least, you guys receive exclusive discounts on any merchandise, including the hats you see me and Jack rocking right now, the classic We Got Ice hat that we wear in every podcast, besides my safari hat, you'll see, you'll get a, te- a discount on this hat if you are a Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash We Got Ice. The link is also in our bio. Again, patreon.com slash We Got Ice. Go sign up today. If you do, send us a screenshot. Let us know on Instagram so we can shout you guys out and appreciate your love. Just to clarify, the hats are not out yet, but when they are out, you'll have a discount to it. Exactly. And if you guys, you guys, the support for this podcast has been amazing lately. You guys make all this possible. So by joining the Patreon, you guys are just, again, supporting the show, allowing us to do what we love, which we appreciate more than anything, and eventually create even more content for you guys. So thank you. If you want to sign up for that, again, the link is in the bio. The best way to support us right now, if you, if any of you guys are so gracious to support us, is this Patreon. Um, You also get some great content, but we just... We appreciate all the listeners, and if you want to do this, we'd appreciate that a lot. And if not, that's fine, too. The normal content flow won't change at all. You're still going to get the podcast. You're still going to get everything else. It's not a, a money wall. It's just bonus stuff, so everything else will 
T-Pawn Salem like Christopher Columbus in 1795, whenever he great, went. Great. I don't know. We can get into history on a Patreon pod someday. But yeah. I don't – that's a great point to make, guys. Like, you, we are not lo- taking away any of the free content. All the free content is still here. So if you don't want to sign up, you don't have to. It's just for the people who want even more We Got Eyes content than what we already produce. And I think that's that's all I had to say on it. I felt like I had one more thing I wanted to say, but can't remember. Yeah. And also, in future podcasts, we won't talk about it as much as we just did. Oh, for now. the launch. Yeah. We just launched it. So, But if you do want to get shouted out, Patreons will get shouted out at the beginning of every episode. And you will quite literally be the lifeblood of this very show. Now on to the baseball talk. Yeah, enough with the ad. We appreciate you guys for listening through and sticking around. Let's talk a little bit baseball because we had a lot that happens. And that's what we do best, Jack. I don't know about you, but I've been really loving baseball lately. It's been tickling my pickle. Yeah, baseball's been booming. It's like officially popping, like online, everywhere you see everyone's talking about baseball. And this week it was no different. How about we talk about the man, the myth, the future Cy Young winner himself, Tyler Gilbert, who threw a no-hitter in his first ever MLB start against none other than the Slam Diego Padres, Jack. First MLB start, man gets a no-no. Wild. And for the Diamondbacks, so many... by the way. Sorry, I forgot yeah, to mention that. the Diamondbacks. There are so many stories to come off of this, but first, I think we have to appreciate Tyler Gilbert. Good job. What a, like, Good job. What a debut. You threw a no-hitter. There's, I'll just, just stick with that because I have a lot to say. I didn't think this was possible in MLB The Show to have your first like career MLB start and throw a no-hitter, let alone... Yeah against the Padres, who are in the middle of an intense playoff race where every win matters to them. So it's not like they're even like a bad team who's met. This is the Padres, man. They might have the best lineup in all of baseball. And in his first career start showing 89-mile-per-hour fastballs, he no-hits the San Diego Padres. Dude, you can't write a better story than that. It's it's crazy. It, it's crazy what he did. The only downside is he will probably – he might never have a better start in his life he than peaked. his first ever start. But honestly, if that's your peak, that's a good peak to have, yeah. man. It's a great peak. It's a great thing to, like, start with, but I wonder if that is in his head. Like, like his second start, he set himself up for disappointment. You want to know what, though? That one night, though, you're going down in infamy. Oh. Like, people are going to talk – this is the trivia question of the century, Remember oh. the name Tyler Gilbert because every sports bar you go to does trivia. This name's going to come up. And I just – there's something about a guy throwing a no-hitter in his first career start, which is just like – and how many times did it happened in MLB history? Like four? I think the third time or something? Um, this is the fourth. Fourth time. So that's crazy, just the odds of it. And then on a team that's been so bad all year, whose pitching has been tragic against a team that's like in the middle, like I said, an intense playoff race, there's just a feeling of that like – this dude just left everything out on the mound. And his story's awesome. 27 years old, was in the Phillies, then the Dodgers, and finally gets his shot in the D-backs after they canceled the minor league season last year, so we never got to play for the Dodgers. Finally gets his break with Arizona in August on a last-place team, and he just shows out. It's crazy. It, it's wild. And he joined a class of people that you mentioned earlier, probably better than the Hall of Fame. There's three other people to throw no-hitter in their first career start. Bobo Holloman, Bumpus Jones, and Theodore (laughs) Brittenstein. Bumpus Jones, kind of an essential jersey. What team did he play for? Bumpus Bumpus and Bobo. He's joining Bumpus and Bobo. That's a circus show. uh, I might name my kid Bumpus. You just might have named my future kid. That's such – it's like so silly but also dope. It's a dope name. Yo, what's up, Bumpus? Pass the rock. Dude, Bumpus would be a great point guard. He'd crush it. Bump. It does sound like bum piss. Or bump us. break it down phonetically. You could go many different directions. There's some bullying with bumpus. Like, you could yeah, his be, name, put it His danger. name is basically Diarrhea Jones. <laughs> when you break it down. We are a math pod. But that, not only did he throw a no-hitter, first career MLB start, which is awesome. He tied the MLB record for no-hitters in a season. This officially remembers a no-hitter epidemic that was happening at the earlier part of the season. Yeah. Kind of forgot about that. Well, this officially ties the number of records of no-hitters in a single season. 
Other pitchers, do you remember everybody who threw a no-hitter? I should get there. It might be painful. So I'll just give you it then. Joe Musgrove, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, Corey Kluber. How about just show up to New York, throw a no-hitter, and then peace out. Great legacy. <laughs> and then the Chicago Cubs had a team no-hitter with Davies, Tapera, Chafin, and Kimbrell. So that's kind of crazy. And it's the first no-hitter since our little bit of our sticky issue. It's the first yeah. clean no-hitter of the season. Or like confirmed clean no-hitter. Confirmed clean. Yeah. Crazy. It's also, as you said, ties the record. So now the next one is like the the next couple of games we're gonna be on like no no watch intensely. Talk about teaser. We'll get to you, Tristan McKenzie. Don't you think you're dipping out of our view? I got you on my eye. Um dude, it it is crazy. Let's think about like we're about to have a record setting season. And then so I went back and I started to look at numbers. Cause remember at the start of the season it was uh the MLB has an all time low offense, pitchers are dominating, then the sticky stuff came. And there was that, like, two-week stretch where, like, every good pitcher was getting lit up. And everyone's yeah. like, the MLB offense is back. So I went and looked. And the MLB average is still at 242, which is the lowest it's been since 1968. Now, I don't know if I couldn't find a month-by-month breakdown. But I don't know if it's just because it was so low to start the year. That, like, even if it's, like, a good, technically good July, the balance of it is still going to be lower. But it's still yeah. very low. It is weird that it's so low because we've obviously we've had eight no hitters, but it I don't recall seeing like seeing an abundance. We're using just crazy words today. We are vocabulary pod today. I'm kind of impressed with us to be honest. I'm impressed too, but I'm also disappointed because I'm proud of our stupidity. That is true. We might have to just you know I don't know go do a whip it or something, kind of clear our heads. (laughs) (laughs) During the ad reads, we'll do some whip its. (laughs) Go go in your renovated bathroom today. Give us ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're gonna sock something out of an old PVC pipe. We're not sure what it is, but we're gonna come back and we won't be saying illuminescent. Yeah, no more anything (laughs) above two syllables, which took me way too long to figure out what a syllable is, considering I'm an English major in college. Problem for another day, but continue your rant. yeah, what was I saying? <laughs> You're saying something. Oh, it felt uh, powerful. Oh. Yeah, it, it. I was building up. I'm, I'm, I'm there again. Don't worry, guys. Here Thanks comes for the listening, By the way, there hasn't. I don't think there's been like a lot of shutouts or like a lot of Ooh. memorable pitching performances that I like recall in the news. Like it seems like that you're still seeing a lot of like big home run games and stuff like that, but the average is so low. So I wonder if it is just. The back end orders are just hitting really bad. The stars are still performing, obviously, but and the star pitchers aren't performing like better than normal. Mm-hmm. I don't think, but I think just the players you don't really think about, they're maybe just not hitting a lot this year, and that's why the average is so low. Ooh, so I could kind of probably find a number of shutouts this season if I really wanted to. Uh, to, to do we got? Let me talk about something so I can do some quick math. Yeah, even with the shutouts, like it's not. I just, that's like the got it. The media way to measure it because that's when you like when you see five shutouts in a week, you'd think like, oh, the MLB pitchers are dominating. So I haven't seen a ton of that, but that would be, I don't know, like how much that correlates. So we got sixteen shutouts so far, and we're August fifteenth. So I don't know if that's like a large amount for a year because I'd have to go back to twenty nineteen, but I don't feel like doing that math. Well, but Zach Wheeler leads the league with. Um, Anthony Discaflani, Discaflani, <laughs> and John Manaya, they all have two. So, and then a bunch mm. of guys have one. So it doesn't seem like a lot. I'm looking at 2019 numbers yeah. and well, seems uh, very similar. Seven of those were no hitters. That's true. So it feels that seems like good math. I don't know. Either way, though, it doesn't feel. Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't feel like a pitcher dominated season. It feels like a tale yeah. of two halves so far. Yeah, so maybe that is just only in the fans perceiving it because we were kind of sick of the hmm. we're sick of the no hitter now, and now it's like we want to see Tatis hit bombs again. So maybe what about we're not you? As like as much attention, like the average viewer when you're watching a game, do you feel like oh the pitchers are controlling this right now? Like these hitters have no chance. Do you still feel that? Not, I don't feel not that really, as, especially not from like the. It's not like the aces of the league are all like throwing no hitters every week yeah like i watch it and i kind of like I, I watch a lot of the white Sox yankee series which we can talk about a little bit if we want um and 
every time, like, a good pitcher was in there, like, uh, what's his name? Liam Hendricks was getting torched. Craig Kimbrell got lit up. Lance Lynn got touched up. So I was like, everyone's getting touched up. And a couple guys on the, I know the, the Yankees, I can't think of their name. Oh, Zach Britton got lit up. Chad Green. So I was just like, it felt like the good pitchers were getting beat by good hitters just in that series alone, micro sample. But I was just like, it feels like it's much more balanced. So that, that number shocked me, to be honest. Yeah, I, it is. We do have like another full month over a full month of baseball left so it, it can climb it probably will climb a little bit i would assume i'd assume so too but it is it's good to note that these big pitching performances tend to stand out because it doesn't feel like it there as many like big offensive runs like we had kyle schwarber's like dong run where he was just hitting bombs left and right every day but other than that it doesn't feel like i can't think of anybody just controlling the league offensively like that yeah, I, I forgot Kyle Schwarber had that crazy run because now he's on our Red Sox. Yeah, I forgot had a double that. today. Yeah. Kind of like that. Half maybe. a home yeah. run. It is half a home run. Technically two bases out of four, so that's good math. It's true. So, dominant pitching performances, though. We'll segue to this real quick. Tristan McKenzie almost threw a perfect game. This made me laugh. After The last perfect game was nine years ago to the date that Tristan McKenzie took a perfect game with two outs into the eighth inning. The last one to do it was obviously Felix Hernandez. It may be my favorite baseball clip of all time when he strikes out the final guy and he does the high leg kick. Yep, the high leg kick on the mound. King's Court, which is just a great concept in Seattle. I want Seattle to be good so dang bad, but they're just like the building goes crazy. Nine years ago to the day, Tristan McKenzie... Takes a perfect game into the eighth inning after having a very down year, six plus ERA. He's shoving. This also comes one night after Tyler Gilbert had his no hitter. So everybody's still talking about, like, you saw a bunch of tweets like, oh, the MLB record for no hitters have tied, but it's just a reminder how hard it is to show at a perfect game. And then Tristan McKenzie comes out the next day and just like, okay, well, watch me. So that was yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, the second, I mean, Rodon was one pitch away from a no hitter. Now McKenzie perfect was game. three outs away. So, they're, yeah, perfect game. So we're getting close. Getting close. It is a reminder, though, how dominant Felix Hernandez was. Dude, I miss prime Felix Hernandez. Yeah, that he's someone that I think over time will like just more and more and more. Because he was, I agree. He was pretty unique. He's kind of like a wallaby on the mound or like something like that because he wasn't like throwing 105 up in your face he was just kind of like the perfect he just had such a good mound presence and he looks so good in the uniform he's just did the thing every single game i have a love for pitchers or any player who just stay with that team for so long and like miguel, miguel yeah. Cabrero to tigers like we're gonna look it's hard to look at them at the end of their career because you kind of get tainted a little bit like cabrera right now or felix hernandez when he was on like the orioles you're just like ah it's not the same guy but like five years after like you said when it's like, oh, we're about to induct Felix Hernandez into the Hall of Fame. And I start showing his highlight package of him just in like 2012 to 2015 mowing down baseball as single-handedly the most dominant pitcher. The best thing an average player can do to have a great legacy is just stay with one team oh, for, sure. for a while. Because then you're going to be a legend for that team no matter what. But if you team hop a bunch, like you might have a make more money, have a better... Like, you might have up years, might have down years, might some, win some World Series, but no one fan base will, like, remember you the way, kind of like the Red Sox and Pedroia. He it's had, true. Like, really good years. He also had kind of bad years, but he is will always be a Red Sox legend. And, obviously, Felix Hernandez it wasn't average. Like, he was a superstar. Yeah. So, like, it, it even helps that more. If you're a superstar and save a team, like, for the majority of your career or until, like, the very end when they release you. And then it's like, oh, it's not on me. It's, like, their fault. But... I watched that and I was like, I tuned in. I think I might be a curse, to be honest, because I have only seen what I've tuned into the last out or the last inning we watched of Carlos Rodon's no hitter or perfect game mm -hmm. and that got ruined. And then as soon as I tuned into Tristan McKenzie's perfect game, he gave up a hit. So I think I'm not allowed to tune in anymore. Yeah. How many endings have you watched live? It's a great question. Joe Musgrove's and. Yeah. Rodon's I saw live and I think that's it same those are the two I watched too the I think those are the only ones I've seen live two yeah um John Means so no I saw John out. Means I saw Means I saw his live too I saw okay. that one 
But the other ones, like I didn't see Miley's, I didn't see Turnbull's, I didn't see Kluber's because I wouldn't watch that. That's just pain for me. Yeah. So I'm a curse. I've got a sideway. Do I have permission to roll with it? Oh, yeah, go for no it. No pun intended. Ooh. I already, I mean, I already segued into my own joke. But speaking of John Means and Orioles pitchers, I have a game prepared for you today. Dude, I love games so much. Let's play the classic game. Is it an Orioles and Tiger starting pitcher or a voice actor in 2013's hit movie, Turbo? Oh, you love Turbo. Turbo Turbo's a great film, and if you tell me otherwise, you're an idiot. Okay, but, well I'm ready because so, I haven't seen Turbo, so I'm strapped in. Okay. You don't you don't need to see Turbo for this game to work, luckily, so don't worry, guys, listening at home. So I'm just gonna make the bold assumption you don't pay attention to the day by day Orioles and Tigers five man rotation. Ah, uh, that's a good assumption. Maybe I know a little bit more about the Tigers than you'd expect, but We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, Tigers and Orioles fans. No offense, but I just feel like you don't, we don't know a lot of, about the pitchers. Sorry. I apologize. I'm not watching yeah. Orioles baseball every day. So, I'm going to go through some names. You got to tell me if it is an Orioles and Tigers starting pitcher or a voice actor in 2013's hit movie, Turbo. I'm ready. I love how we keep plugging it here. Make sure people know 2013, yeah. Pixar, animated well, was- film. Oscar nominee. It was not a 2014 movie. No, it's classic 2013 nor, animation. Nor was it a 2012 hit film. It was a 2013 hit comedy classic. Couldn't be a comedy classic. Yeah. Classic. Honestly, I think the two classics of this last probably 10 years, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick and Turbo. I like that. I like that. Put him in the Hall yeah. of Fame. Easy. First one, Michael Pena. I have to lean pitcher. I'm hoping pitcher. I'm going to go Orioles pitcher there. No, it is the fourth biggest name in the Turbo movie. He voices a snail. No way. Michael Payne is such a baseball name. Dude, I was almost convinced that I knew that was a baseball name. I was like, oh, I got this one. That's why. Goes to show you. Is he your favorite Turbo character? Be honest. No. Is he bad? He's like a villain? I honestly don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, give me the next one. Give me the next one. <laughs> Keegan Aiken. Okay, so I want to go baseball player, but now I'm shook. My confidence is rocked. Like, I'm down bad right now. So I guess I'll go turbo character there. Should have went with your gut. It's an Orioles starting pitcher. Oh, I'm going to rage quit. <laughs> over two. You're looking bad. No I need offense. something to flip. I need something to flip over and rage. <laughs> Next, next. Oh, I almost just gave up the answer. You're not not getting me that easy. Not do it. Come on, Aiden. Just ease. <laughs> Aiden Andrews. Ooh, A A. That sounds like a made up name. Because if your last name is A, quick t- side rant. If your last name is a letter, that automatically forbids you from naming your first name that letter, right? Yeah, for initial. Yeah, for initial for purposes. Initial purposes. Yeah. Like you couldn't be named D Derek Doyle. That'd be horrible. Yeah, because then, especially, like, what if my middle name is Aiden, then my initials are Dad? Oh, that's kind of fire, actually. You're like, hey, Dad, what's yeah. up? That's kind of I was that. born a daddy. That's, ooh, big daddy energy. Uh, I'm going to go with baseball player, and I'm going to go Tigers middle reliever. You suck. What? <laughs> this is a turbo character. I mean, this is a deep cut. I think this was an extra. I think Come on, I plan. suck. I'm sorry I don't know the 80th snail casted Turbo or whoever's no. throwing 16-inning yeah. bullpens for the Detroit Tigers. Thank you for apologizing because I did find this offensive. I am going to pee on your hand sandwich. Just prepare yourself. Giovanni Zarella. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have no idea. You're 0 G- for 3. Thanks for, thanks for that. I needed that right now. <laughs> I, I was going for my my cognitive process. A little conf, confidence boost right there. We'll go Orioles pitcher. Don't know. This is another turbo character. You can't you can't triple turbo character me. That just seems unfair. I'm trying to figure out a pattern. There's no pattern to your chaos. <laughs> Jorge Lopez. That's an Orioles pitcher. I know that one. All right, there you guys. go. There you go. One for five. 200 batting average. I'm over the Mendoza line. Yeah. Y'all can eat a bug. Joey Gallo hits 217. My OBP is nuts. <laughs> yeah. 
Tariq Skubal. That's a Tigers pitcher. Yes, sir. Only because Skubal is a great last name. Good name. Really good name. I knew you'd know that one, but Tariq Skubal is such like a film name. Needed to be mentioned. Also, thanks for the layup. You got to hit your layups. Yeah. And last one, Drew Hutchinson. Okay. Now, this seems so much like a baseball player that it has to be a turbo character. It's a Tigers starting pitcher. Pitching today, I think. I've never felt so much shame in my life. Well, you went two for seven. Two What's for my BA on that? Two for two for eight? Oh, that's not good. Don't. You know, why would you ask a math question? That is true. I'm sorry. Don't. There's no way to do it. And no, we don't. We can ignore 250. it. Two fifty. That's that's not bad. I can that's pop two fifty. I was looking a lot worse. I started out cold, but then I just started bunting and like laying down hits to get on base. Yeah. So honest. I mean, you could have done better, but. How would you have done? I think if I prepared that game for you, how would you have done? It would have, it would have been a crapshoot. I I could have done them all right, but it would have been just guesses. Okay, good. Now I feel better about myself. I didn't know how much of a turbo it, film geek you were. Well, the main turbo cast, every single character is played by an A-list celebrity. It's like Ryan Reynolds, Bill Hader, Snoop Dogg. Bill like, Hader's in, those people. Bill Hader's in turbo. Everyone was in turbo. I don't. The budget of Turbo must have been like $400 million. I'm confused, but they're how did all you superstars. Get, how'd you get Snoop Dogg and Bill Hader in the same animated film? Like, can I get someone with yeah. Turbo's doing? That sounds like a good time. It, it's wild. Everyone's super famous. So, you at the end of the day, you did okay, I think. I'm happy with my performance. See, I expected yeah. to do a lot worse. And also, you didn't give me any time to prep. So, that's also kind of mean because yeah. I could have done some Your deep punishment. Turbo diving. True. Your punishment is you have to watch Turbo with me, I think. Fine. And is no, this... you can't You can't try to kiss me. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Accusations. These are all accusations. <laughs> no proof on that right there. Yo, if Caitlin's – don't say it in front of Caitlin in case she hears you. <laughs> she can't find out. <laughs> we got to talk about more baseball stuff, though, before Jack tries to make a move on me. Ha, I'm not in the same room as you. You can't get me. <laughs> Where are we? Ooh, breaks the fourth wall. Injury bug. Yeah, I know Patreon. <laughs> 1,000 patrons. Jack gives me a kiss finally. <laughs> no, okay, we're not. It's, it's out there now. It's too late. You can't no, make it we're back. No, we're not putting a number on it. 1,000 <laughs> patrons. Oh, no. It's too late. We'll have to start doing funny intervals like that. Not that, but like we'll come up with funny stuff to do. Um, yeah. Not that you're like. Not that. Let's do it. The patrons in the chat. You, the, buy, you buy. You buy all the memberships. <laughs> you're gonna open the Discord channel one morning, and it's just gonna be like, guys, tell all your friends to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> just scandalous pictures of you. You're like, what's going on in here? <laughs> oh my god. I run right. the podcast now. I'm sweating. Oh, I'm sweating too, and crying. It's a lot of fluids are coming out of my face right now. We got to talk about yeah. the injury bug, though, Jack, because the Skeeters are biting in MLB right now. They are, yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up where baseball is booming. It's blooming like a flower in the springtime. And we've been without, I think, the three best players in all of baseball for Ooh. basically the whole season. At least going into the season, you'd probably go Trout, Mochi, DeDrom would be the top three. And they've all been hurt for the majority of the season. We haven't really gotten to see Mochi at all. Trout was lighting it up, but then's been hurt forever. And DeGrom was also having a crazy season. And now it's been sidelined and is kind of sidelined indefinitely right now. So it's crazy. And I just kind of want to commend the MLB players. If I just, if they're feeling insecure, but they need to hear this from me. But the, there's been stars stepping up to fill the roles of the three biggest superstars in the sport. It shows the depth of talent in baseball right now. And also... It's kind of we all knew there'd be big injuries coming into the season. Like Ronald Acuna Jr. has also been out for the majority of the season since that's true, out there. Yeah. So that's also Stroman. Tatis has had two different stints on the injury list. Um, there's a bunch of players like that. So it's a good point. Clayton Kershaw's been out. Like I could just go through the list. Um, and we all knew injury would come in baseball. We just didn't know that literally the game's best players would be the one to get hurt. And baseball's yeah. not missed a beat. If anything, it's kind of thriving right now. It's been able to kind of step up, even like team by team. The Dodgers have lost Mookie, but then they got Scherzer and Seager or um and Turner, and the Angels 
replaced the best player in the league with the new superstar of the league in Shohei Otani. And then the um, the Mets traded for Javi Baez and Lindor. So it's like people are just, they're just getting talent. Somehow the Angels were able to make it so they still had the most post-worthy player in baseball, but they still had the same record too. They just swapped out superstar for superstar and we're going to be the exact same team. We cannot even, let's not even get started on the Angels. That will be an end of the season roast. Oh, I will. The roast of the Los Angeles Angels will come in suits and we'll just like have a whole comedy bit set. I'm ready for this. Um, What was the last thing I wanted to say? Oh, question. Kind of a, let's get a talk radio question in. What team, what player do you think not have, what player not playing has the biggest impact on their team? Not who's the best, but like what team needs their players the most? DeGrom, Trout, or Betts? That's tough. Because Trout is the best player by far. For sure. But he hasn't really made a factor in the team. Because the Angels are just bad. Mm-hmm. Then you go DeGrom could be a good answer. But the Mets kind of had that thing where they always lost on DeGrom Day. Every so I time. I don't know if you can <laughs> safely say. And then Betts is kind of in the middle. Like he's such a factor on all sides of the ball. But the Dodgers also have so much talent. So I'm going to go DeGrom, I think. Even though I'm they going- blow the starts. If you're going to pick one guy, he's going to literally give up two hits, one walk, every single time in like seven innings. So I think I'd go to draw. I'm going bats because I just look at the Dodgers and how good they – like they've had super teens for like a long period of time now. And it wasn't until they got Mookie Betts that they won the World Series. So I'm going to say sure. that's, that's that's not a coincidence. Like they, we saw him in Boston in 2018. Like he's at the side – even if he's not hitting home runs, his defense – like. I have a vivid memory of him tagging up on a short fly ball in the World Series mm-hmm. to score for some reason. I don't remember what game or what play. I just remember everyone being like, look at Mookie Betts ta- tag up on an infield pop-up. You, I don't even know if he remembers that. But, like, he's that type of player it, that will make that one play, that slide, that steal that can change the entire game, for, especially for a team like yeah. the Dodgers who, like, they have all that talent but have – they came up clutch last year but historically have had a little bit of trouble in that big spot. Mookie Betts is kind of a baller. So I think it's bets. Yeah, that's a good point. And it sucks we haven't been able to see Trout in that position. I agree. I think he could do that as well. But that, yeah, that's a good point. Bets what was a factor in last year's playoffs. He was an, an issue. If Betts wins, if uh, the Dod- he won two out of three World Series with two separate teams, and then like he goes this year, if he was healthy, he'd be maybe he's the most important player on the Dodgers roster, I think, going into the postseason. Other than, like, maybe Max Scherzer, just because their pitching staff has taken a beating this year. So it's just like, that might be the move. So I, I'd go bets there. We forget how yeah, dang like good that. he is. Yeah, it, that's that was kind of my main point, too. Like, we're kind of, I think, missing out on the best pitcher of our generation and DeGrom that's probably. True. Mike Trout, the best player of our generation, if not ever. And then Mookie Betts, who is the second best player in baseball right now and generational talent. And it sucks that we don't get to see that every night. But it's also crazy that the talent's been replaced. And it's still like we get so many highlights every night and there's been so much star power. It's true. I never – I go to bed. I try to go to bed and I'm like, oh, time to log off Instagram and stuff. And then it's like 80 clips and I, I don't even know what to post. I'm like, which one do people yeah. want to see the most? Because they're all crazy crazy highlights so that's so true and talk about star power returning from injury chris sale returned for the red sox for the first time in two years after having tommy john surgery in 2019 he finally was back on the fenway bump five innings two runs eight strikeouts how much of this start did you get to watch jack because i i was at my niece's birthday party but i was like this is has to be on the tv i have to watch him pitch yeah i watched it was a blowout win by the red sox but i watched all of sales I watched every pitch, basically. Uh, how, so what was your honest assessment of how he looked? Like, were you like, oh, I'm impressed? I think, I mean, the Orioles are really bad. Very bad. But I think he looked okay. He, he looked like he hasn't pitched in two years, which is such crazy proof that we went through a global pandemic because it's been two years since we saw Chris Sale pitch. <laughs> and crazy. really three years since he was, like, good, uh, which is just wild. Like, how did that happen? Like, now we're, it's been, like, a full, like, four years it's going to be, which is wild. I think the last but time yeah. Chris Sale was, like, Chris Sale dominant was the 2018 regular season. Because remember in the 2018 playoffs, like, he was hurt, and they kept having to, like, shorten his starts and stuff, and then that's yeah. why he closed in World Series, because he was hurt. So they were using him in, like, a one-ing relief role. 
Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been like three. It's been a while. Three full years. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's wild, but I think he looked like he should look. I'm like he pitched well, but I think he'll definitely improve a little bit more. His spots were a little not there, and then um wasn't throwing as hard. But that makes sense. You got Tommy John. I was encouraged by his velocity, actually. He's coming in at 95, 96. Now, Chris Sale used to be able to get up to 99. I think he will be able to get it up there at some point. But I was like, oh, he's already showing 96. And he yeah, got but... clipped on a couple sliders. But I was like, his slider looked disgusting at times. But I was like, that makes sense. Because off-speed pitches tend to take more time to, like, get that grip back. So, and also, yeah. like, not to bring it up, but, like, this is the first time pitching in baseball since, you know, the whole the whole ban on True. stuff. So I was interested to see how that looked. And I thought his slider looked disgusting. So I was encouraged. Yeah, the slider was crazy. The changeup was crazy. The one thing that was kind of like, it makes sense, you haven't pitched in two years. He threw a couple, like, 93 fastballs down the middle for yeah. hits or home runs. And I was like, okay, that's that. we'll get that up to, like, 96 high, and then it will be fine. But I saw Red Sox Twitter, like, Boston about it. They were like, Chris Sale's back. And I was, I was too. I was so hyped up. And then I saw this graphic going around. The Red Sox starting rotation for now until the end of the season, barring health, is... Chris Sale is their ace. Nathan Avaldi, who's been sneaky, really good this year. Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been good the past couple weeks. Nick Pavetta, and then rookie Tanner Houck. And that, if you asked me a couple weeks ago what our rotation looked like compared to that, is how are you feeling? Like, are you buying the hype? Are you all in on that? I mean, it's much better than Way better. Richards, Martin Perez, like everyone else we were rolling out. But it's also, there's no one proven except Evaldi, but he hasn't been, like, sturdy. So, there's high, it's high upside, but there's no reason to think that, like, will be good yet. I agree. I look at it, and I'm like, it still all depends on what Chris Sale is. Because if Chris Sale goes five innings, two earned runs, then that's good, but... It's not Chris Sale, but if Chris Sale goes seven innings, two earned runs, and do you know he has the, he leads... Like all-time history in strikeout-to-walk ratio in the AL. Like, he's the greatest strikeout pitcher of all time statistically in the American mm-hmm. League. We forget how good he was. Like, if you put his numbers up against, like, Garrett Cole during that stretch, like, he's he was kind of better. Like, he's nuts. So, yeah. if Chris Sale can be what even 80% of what Chris Sale is, and then Tanner Houck has looked good if Houck can be a reliable starter and just Pavetta, Avaldi, and Rodriguez can be what they've been recently— that good major league pitcher is in Evaldi this year as like a free five ERA. If he can continue that, I think with this offense, it makes them all of a sudden. I don't think this team can lose ten games where they just went on that terrible skid. I don't think this team can do that again because they have someone out there every yeah. day who can win. Before it was like, oh, every two out of every five days, Martin Perez and Garrett Richards are pitching, which is a guaranteed loss. Yeah, that they're the chance. They have a much better chance to win games for the rest of the season, which is the best case scenario if, if you're a team. And if you get into a one-game wild card, which it looks like the Red Sox just swept the Orioles this weekend, but they're still second in the wild card division just because they want such a bad streak before. Like if they get into a one-game wild card, having Chris Sale on the bump is not a bad idea. Like you're not in a bad spot there. That's true. One thing with Chris Sale is he is coming off Tommy John, so you're not gonna you're not gonna throw him a hundred pitches anytime soon, no. probably. And also, he throws, he strikes out so many people that his pitch count is always so incredibly ridiculously high through like four innings. Oh, it is. That the Red Sox, even in a wild card game, if you throw Chris Sale, you gotta have a crazy bullpen ready. And I don't know. It, like, that's also another issue. But it, I mean, starters wise, they're lined up pretty good for like a three game series. Yeah, and, like, uh, obviously Matt Barnes in the bullpen has sprung a leak recently. Like, But all closers do, but he's looked really bad. He's been getting touched up a lot. So it was a nice sight if you're a Red Sox fan after maybe one of the worst stretches of Red Sox baseball I've watched in recent memory to have, like, Chris Sale come back and then blow out. It's the Orioles, so take it with a grain of salt. To blow out the Orioles on sale day. It was good. It was the best possible feeling you were going to get. I thought it was the best outcome that could have happened. So... The Red Sox, you're not completely buying in on the rotation. You're not completely buying in on the sale hype yet. How about some other teams we have to watch for? They're, Red Sox are a team to watch for. They're second in the AL wild card right now behind the A's. The Yankees and Blue Jays are on their butt. We've talked enough to Yankees, but, like, dude, that team is scary. That's a good team. Yeah. 
Other teams, let's go a little NL watch. The Atlanta Braves, Jack. Now, we've talked a lot of negative, negatively a lot about the Braves this season, and for good reason. Don't look now, though. They're 62-56, and with a plus 72 run differential, and are officially first place, sole possession of first place in the NL East. The NL East makes no sense, and it's crazy that August 15th, it is today, they took first place for the first time all year. I don't know what's crazier. They weren't first place before this or that with the season they've had. Now they are first place. Like this division, it's been up for grabs. Anyone could run away with it. And the Mets and Phillies let the Braves, who literally everyone's been injured. They've lost all their talent. And they're in first place in the middle of August. Don't look now, but the Braves... Are pro- they have a loaded roster. I still think the Phillies could win, but like they lost to Cunha, then they made all those trade deadline moves, and the two guys who've been sneaky carrying that team this year, Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley, the young side of the left infield for the Atlanta Braves. Dansby Swanson, 263, 316 on base with a 492 slugging percentage this year. Austin Riley, who before the season, everyone was like, trade him, get Jose Ramirez, 518 slugging percentage, 289 batting average, 800 OPS on the season, playing a solid third base. All of a sudden, yeah. the Braves' young talent is filling the gap that they can't replace Acuna, but they're doing the best they can. Yeah, Jocks went over there, had some fun. Their pitching confuses me. I don't watch enough Braves baseball to understand what's happening over there. And, like, in the bullpen, like, I would assume that's they're concerned about it, but they're winning games. But I have no idea, like, who goes out there for them on, like, the fourth day of the rotation. But the Braves seem to me like they, lo- like they lost three all-stars, three superstars. But they're just plugging the holes with, like, this talent. And if you do remember, after the trade deadline special, I said the Braves had the best trade deadline for me personally because these moves are like just plug in holes, scrappy, win game, just win some games, and that's what they're doing. They're just sneakily winning games. It's true. And at NL East, that's all you have to do, just win some ball games. Like Adam Duvall, Jorge Soler, and then uh, Eddie Rosario all came over. And now you know him. Remember how nasty he was to start the year, that big grand slam? He punched the bench, broke his hand. He's coming back now. <laughs> I know. A little... And he's a pitcher. <laughs> He is a pitcher. He's still punching benches, but he's he was nasty to start the year. And like Soroka's been out, and Freed's been battling injuries all year, and Charlie Morton hasn't been as good as they expected. So now you get Yanoa back, who's good shoving, and that helps the rotation a lot. Like you, obviously, Braves fan, you know more about your bullpen. So tell us about your bullpen situation, because I'm not gonna pretend I know who's who's getting the ball in the seventh for you every night. But the Braves are starting to look like a team that's finally clicking. And don't look now, Jack. But the next six games. They play the Marlins and the Orioles, who we just saw in Boston get absolutely whacked. So they could very easily go 5-1, and 6-0 in that stretch. And then they have a stretch against the Yankees, Giants, and Dodgers. So Braves got to get fat now. They got to clean up on the Marlins and Orioles, get a strong couple game lead in the division, and then they go for the gauntlet. So next couple weeks in Atlanta is going to be wild. Yeah. I mean, probably in that, I mean, that you just listed five series. Like, that's a lot of baseball, obviously. But in that, that like, Giants-Dodgers they finish with, it's probably going to decide who wins the division. Because if the Mets or Phillies have a great week and the Braves get demolished, can't really come back from that September 10th. See, this is what the Braves have to do. And any team that we're going to go through kind of is their recipe. They have to absolutely feast on these bad teams. Marlins and Orioles, yeah. they got to sweep them both, basically. You got to kill them. And then you go into the Yankees, Giants, Dodgers, and just go 500. You just got to go 500 or one game under 500. Because in the NL East, that whatever team beats the bad team is going to win. Because a lot of part of the season, they haven't been doing that. Just beat up on teams you're better than. You don't have to beat the teams that are better than you. It's not going to take 90 games to win this division. You just have to kind of be a little bit like an 85-win team. So just feasting on the Marlins is enough. The Giants meeting up with the Braves at the end of August. Good, the Giants good are going to have 80 wins and the Braves will have like 65. Is crazy. It's a great series, to be honest with you. They'll probably have closer to 70, but still, it's a it's a good series to watch. True. 
But, and then let's go to Cincinnati, another close playoff race here. Also, quick, actually, I should probably note this. So, we're recording this right now, and the Mets and the, the Dodgers are playing, and the Dodgers are up in the eighth inning. I think it's 9-4 to four right now, and they're about to sweep the Mets, dude. The Mets, it's a tough time to be a Mets fan. They are sliding. Yeah, R- rough for the Mets, especially after you go get Baez. And then the they have, hurt. then they play it's, the Giants, and then the Dodgers again, and then the Giants, while the Mar- the Braves are gonna be feasting on the Orioles and the Marlins. Whew. wow! Don't I don't know how Mets fans, I'm I feel for you right now. The Cincinnati Reds, another team we haven't talked about at all. I've been known as a Reds hater, so I figured that it was time that we finally put some respect on their name. They haven't been a great team, but they've, they've been better than the Braves for the most part of this season. So they have more wins than them. So if we're going to talk about the Braves, let's talk about them. They're only two and a half games back of the Padres for the final wildcard spot. It doesn't seem real to me that there's a world where the Padres and Dodgers both still make the wild card, but there's a world, Jack. Yeah, there is. The Dodgers not making it? I meant like the Padres or Dodgers. Like we have kind of locked in. Oh, it's gonna be Padres, Dodgers, oh. or Padres, oh, Giants, yeah. wild card. And the Reds, we gotta take them seriously. Six best offense in the game. They have twenty second runs allowed, which we all know their pitching's bad. But like they're they're a good ball club. Yeah, Joey Votto, Jesse Winker, and Castellanos have just been carrying. I think they have. Those three are all in the top five of OBP in the whole league. And then how about the rookie of the year, my doppelganger, Jonathan India, 14 dingers, 275 batting average, 455 slugging with a 393 OBP, 800 OPS, leading the NL rookie of the year category. They got an offense, do, dude. You do really look like him. I'm telling you, we look alike. If I grew my hair out just a little bit longer to match him, Take we would be Take the glasses twins. off. Yeah. Your eye, the eyes are completely He's different, got the but eyes. everything else is the same. We have the same skin tone and facial structure. Yeah. Like we, we're twins. I'm telling you, just buy into it. Jonathan India, follow us. We love you. Um, True. But they they have an offense that can go toe to toe with anybody. Their pitching's obviously holes, but Castellanos has been better. Or Castillo has been better the second half of the season than the first half. So he's got the talent. And then ten of their next thirteen games, dude, are against the Marlins and the Cubs with a s- series against the Brewers, who are ahead of them in between which is a big series so they, the reds could be absolutely eating yeah it's like will the reds back into the playoffs like they have been like they like last year dude they could if the if they were it's very possible for them to just go eight and two against the marlins and cups like that's not that hard to do yeah the cubs i think are two and thirteen since they all since they, yeah, they're both, and the Marlins are just around there, too. Now, the series against the Brewers is huge, but that's like an in-division series. Now, the Brewers have a giant lead in the division. I think seven and a half games over the Reds, so you're not going to catch them. But even that series, like, you're getting up for that series. So, right in between playing yeah. a bunch of bad teams, you're well-rested, ready to go. I think the Reds stretch, their schedule lines up really well for them to make a late-season push here. Yeah, I, I mean, the Reds seem like they have their destiny in their hands. They just got to play well, maybe even play a little bit better to end the year. And they're they're chilling, but they're also chilling for that second wild card. So that's like not ideal. They're kind of in a tough spot with that. Yeah. But it probably does rely on what are the Padres going to do? Because they've sucked. They just lost three to four to, I think the game's still happening, but three to four to the Diamondbacks. So, and no the thing... Yeah, exactly. No hope by the Diamondbacks. And a big thing about the Reds is their September schedule is very tough. But you just got to put a little pressure on the Padres, man. Just take over that spot for like a day or two. They just had a really good series against the Phillies. Just take over that spot a day or two and just put pressure on the Padres who are like, you are out. You're out now. Also, the the Padres won. Tatis Jr. homered twice in his return playing right field. Dude. You thought we weren't going to talk about Tatis. He came back. for. He's been out for 14 days. He comes back, hits two home runs, and is starting in right field. I mean, it's his league. It's his league. He's going to win the NL MVP. But it's crazy. So Reds put a little pressure, try to get the uh, the Padres off guard, make it interesting. Last team we got to talk about, Cardinals, 61-56. Now, this is kind of my... 
I'll, I'll give the stats before I give my take. 51 and uh, 61 and 56, they're on a six-game winning streak. And they have a free game set with the Brewers, followed by nine games against the Pirates and the Tigers. So they also have a very soft schedule coming up. They could get hot. Four and a half games back of the wild card. They could get hot too, Jack. They have a little bit of a soft schedule here. I do not like the Cardinals. I don't either, but we got to be fair. Unbiased. They've yeah. been they, bad teams. They've been beating up on bad teams, but that's what I said you have to do. And I think if you're under five games, I'll put some respect that you have a chance of making it. Yeah, I'm probably putting the Cardinals and Reds in the same boat. Reds are but a couple games better, but I think one of those teams could maybe make a push. I don't think they either of them will, but they're they're they've been set up where if they go on a crazy run, they can make some magic happen. They're gonna yeah, it's gonna have to be a crazy run and a kind of a choke by the Padres to get that wild card spot. But the Cardinals Goldschmidt, he's been playing a little bit better. Two seventy free batting average popped eighteen dingers, four forty four slugging, and then the sandblaster, Nolan Arenado Kind of a down year at the plate, but also his his years have kind of been like this for the past couple years now. 265, yeah. 800 OPS, 24 dongs. Like, it's kind of where he's been slotting in recently. Yeah. So, he, go ahead. He's turn, turned more into a home run and crazy fielding. Yeah. And less of a, like, he's not going to hit 300, it seems like, anymore. And, and that doesn't even really matter because he's got a free 24 OBP and a 509 slugging. So, like, you're putting together an 800 OPS, which is really all people care about nowadays. And it's all really, OPS is kind of like the, the and, stat of gods. And the fielding. Like, his war it's is always going to be crazy. Exactly. So, the corner players for the the Cardinals have been doing it a little bit lately. They've been getting hot. And then Jack Flaherty returns from the mound after an oblique injury. He goes six shutty against the Royals. Wayne White throws a complete game shutout the other day. Like, seems like the veterans are starting to pick up. Seems like there's a lot of good momentum. Some stars doing it there. Some good hype. Wayne White's shutout, I want to talk about that, was so insane to me. I think it was 88 pitches. Yeah, it was 88 hits. pitches. Nine innings. Are you kidding me? What do they He's call like it? Ninety-five years old. The Maddox is it called the Maddox shutout or the complete the job? I think it's called the Maddox complete game under or something 90. like that. Yeah, it's like under a hundred, I believe, or under ninety. Oh, under Either way, crazy to think about. Like in an era where it's all about striking guys out, Adam Wainwright's just throwing BP and getting everyone to roll over. Yeah. That's kind of what to flip it back to the beginning of the show a while ago. Thanks for listening, by the way. Subscribe to the Patreon. Tyler Gilbert, he had, I think, like five strikeouts. It's the return of the slow ball pitcher error, man. I'm telling you. People are just going to come back showing 70 miles per hour, a little bit of like junk, 60 mile per hour gyro balls, and that's just how they're going to get outs now. You got to love it. Yeah, you don't have to throw 100 and pitch a, to pitch a no-hitter anymore. So I just, you just got to be 40. Oh. Ooh, quickly, what is more entertaining to you? A guy who's out there throwing 100 like Michael Kopech style with nasty sliders, just striking everybody out, or like Tyler Gilbert just working his way through nine innings? I think the stuff still gets me. I the only I like the heat. That's fun. The only exception I have is if you're throwing crazy junk, like a knuckleball or like a slider if you're throwing slow. But the working around the plate, dotting up the corners, it's cool. It's really hard to do, but I think I'm still riding the 100 and erratic. I agree because there's not enough people who do the spotting. So when I do watch it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But if I were to watch that every night, I might be like, ah, it's not. But like when there is a guy who's just like dialed in, who's just picking his spots, like he knows exactly. It's kind of fun. It's fun to watch. It's like, oh, he's like inside slider. My favorite thing in baseball is when I saw this with Tristan McKenzie pitching today, is when they're dialed into the point where it's like no shakes off by the pitcher. It's so they get the ball, mm-hmm. head shake, yes, and they just go. That That's is cool. so cool. That is cool. That that probably proves a lot like when you get that good mix of that pitcher who's just locked in and the catcher's locked in and they're both locked in together. That's when those no hitters happen for, for Ty Gibbs, our boy. Oh, dude, you gotta love it. It's a great time. So Ty Gibbs, again, clapped for you, man. Everyone, go follow him on Instagram. Blow him up. Make him like a, a baseball superstar. Let's do it. I'm into it. Yeah. Let's also get him on the pod. Let's I would love to DMs. get him on Let's the see pod. If we can make it happen. Let's yeah, fire a couple DMs, Wilson. Make it happen. Also, by the way, Wilson, you did a terrible job today, just so you know. But maybe send a DM, you'll do a better job next time. Yeah, the only award we give at We Got Ice LLC is worst employee of the week. And Wilson oh, yeah. is the 402-time champion of that award. 
You know how many pictures of Wilson I have on my wall? Like January, February, March. It's yeah. insane. I can't get rid of him. It, yeah. It, it looks like you're trying to solve an investigation where he's the lead suspect at this point. <laughs> it's like that Charlie Day meme when it's like, look at this. Yeah. It's my favorite yeah. meme. I love that. But, Jack, we can get out of here. This was a great podcast. We had, I had a fun time. This was this was very fun. We learned a lot about Tyler Gilbert was a fun story. And we learned that you need to watch Turbo, the cinematic experience. I do. And you guys also learned, again, that we have a Patreon. So, again, if you guys are thinking about subscribing, you know where to find it. The link will be in the bio, patreon.com slash ice. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram, We Got Ice baseball and we love you so much appreciate all your support free or patron you guys are the absolute best and we'll be back on friday with another episode of the podcast so take it easy and stay chilly tyler goodwin for life peace